would just stand to your feet for just a moment. I thank you for bearing with us. We wanted you to know that you were not alone and that this is something that everyone who is connected to Christ is bearing with. And for some of you, you have never known the pressure that you're facing. Some of you don't know whether whether to cry or run away. Some of you feel like, I don't even want to admit it, but some of you feel like you just want to say, Lord, I'm done with this. Knowing down in my soul, how could I be done with the one who started it all in me and the one who has the power to finish it all? Stand on your feet and raise your hands to the Lord. Father, I pray in these few moments that you would release these, this word, that it would comfort, direct, inspire, feed us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hug your neighbor. We're in this together. At least we're in this pressure cooker together. Said if you fall apart, I'm falling apart with you. <laughs> you can take your seat. Have you ever thought about the source? Have you considered the source of the pressure in your life? Have you considered what it is that puts you in between beginning and ending, puts you smack dab in the middle of failure and progress, pressure? Have you discovered what it is that creates pressure in your life? Some of the things that can create pressure is temptation. How many of you have been in the middle, or maybe right now, in the middle of temptation? So I don't want to raise my hand about that. I don't want nobody to know. I'm going to tell you something. The, the Lord never promised you that you would not have temptation. And sometimes temptation raises within a person the pressure to do what they're tempted to do or to obey God. How about school finals? How many of you having to take finals all year long? Now you got to sit down and do one activity, one test that that determines your whole year. Pressure. It could, be, it could be that you might be under the pressure of doing what's right when everything around you and all the culture around you and people around you, circumstances around you are saying do something else. But internally, you know you got to do right. It creates pressure. How about deadlines? Some of us, get under the pressure of something that's got to be completed that maybe we didn't take the time before we might have procrastinated and, and as a result now the deadline is pressing on us and we know that if I don't finish I'm going to have to pay or I'm going to lose the opportunity deadlines can create pressure hard decisions cause you to be under pressure when You've got to make a decision that you know is going to be a life-changing one. You know you've got to make the decision, but you don't want to make it. And the closer you get to the time, 
the heavier the hand of pressure is on you. And we got to do something. Other things that can create your pressure is, you know, if you, if you feel like you've always got to perform, you've got to be at your best, oh my God. I wish you understood how many times people who speak come under the barrage of that negative feeling that I've got to do good and you don't know quite how to do good. I'm not talking about right or wrong. I'm talking about performance. It can create tremendous pressure in your life. Loss. When you lose something you love creates incredible pressure. Broken relationships. Losing your job. And, and, and what kind of a pressure does that create on you when you, you, you got a feeling like they might dismiss you? You don't know what you're going to do. You don't know where to go next. You feel like, I don't know how I'm going to make this. I'm going I'm to get this together if I'm, if I'm fired, if I'm released from my job. Loss is a powerful producer of pressure. Losing a loved one, people that you never even imagined your life without them, and yet it may be staring you in the face and you feel powerless to do anything about it or whatever you felt you were supposed to do about it, you've done it and yet it doesn't change the fact that this person that you feel like you're about to lose, that is gonna happen. Dear God, if you're there today, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna share a very quick word with you that I believe can help you as it's helping me. Pressure is a mug, isn't it? It's amazing. We don't, we, most of us don't ever talk about it. But the truth is, it's pressure can be crushing. How do you respond when you get under pressure? What do you do? Because pressure is real. Though you can't see it, you sure enough can feel it. Have I got a witness out there? How do you react to pressure? You know, some people don't do well in their reaction to pressure at all. In fact, I'd like to, I'd like to suggest that part of our growing up is learning how to respond properly when we're underneath pressure. Some people, when they come under pressure, they run away to drugs, alcohol, pills. Some people have wrestled even though they are a believer and they're under pressure and they've wrestled with letting go of their did you know that vices are always connected to pressure some people are afraid to let go of their vices and they judge in their morality that this is not good or it might be wrong or it might not be ethical it might or may not be legal and yet, they hold on to the vice because it's their way of dealing with the pressure they're under. That's why some people have difficulty putting it down, flushing it away, throwing away the address and the source 
So in their life, they're saying, I, I don't choose to use this to help me through my difficult situations. How do you respond when pressure comes into your life? Some people get angry and they're on edge. And people who love them get hurt by them because they are responding out of the internal pressure, the anger and the pain. Some people resort to profanity and they, they go back to languages that they, you know, that helps them, got that out the way. <laughs> other day, I felt like that the other day. Oh, God, help me. I went back to my daddy's profanity. Confounded. Dad, nam it. Doggone it. Shoot. Amen. And other hyperboles that you may not want to speak. Profanity, is, for many people, is a way, that's the way they respond to pressure. I wish I could tell you that, I wish I could offer you, in, in, my, in fact, did you know that the Lord Jesus does not offer you a pressureless life? Life in Christ is not a life without any pressure. It's never part of the package. How do you respond when you're, when you're under pressure? Do you become profane, oversensitive? Do you overreact? And then create more pressure in relationships because you hurt people because you're hurt? When some people are under pressure, they don't sleep very well. It creates health issues. By the way, there are studies now coming out determining that the, one of the most healthy things you could ever do for yourself is to get yourself six to eight hours of sleep. And now they're saying your body regenerates. Energy comes back. Creativity comes back when you sleep. By the way, all of you that want to lose weight, got good news for you. You don't lose weight when you're, weight when you're awake. You lose weight when you're asleep. Clap your hands if that's a good news for you, man. Now I will say that you got to do something when you're awake that causes you to lose weight when you sleep. But it's when you sleep that you lose the weight. Some people don't respond very well when they're under pressure because their insomnia creates health issues, um, high blood pressure. In fact, that's one of the deadliest things in your body is high, they call it the silent killer. Because you can't necessarily, you don't necessarily detect what's going on inside of you when you're under that pressure. And, your, and, and, the, and the very pressure within your veins and capillary is pushing past the limit. And stroke is calling your name and you don't even know it. That happens to people when they're under pressure. High blood pressure, irregular heartbeat, stress. Now they're saying, psychologists, stress, the number one killer in America. It is stress that, stress that leads to heart attack. As we, as, we, as we go forward in this series about blood works, as we, as we go forward in this series, I want to show you some things that you, God wants to bring powerful deliverance to your life. He wants to help you identify what's normal, what's not normal. 
How do you how do you function when life won't let up and pressure comes? I have to tell you today, not all pressure is bad. There's some pressure that thank God for it. You know, like tire pressure. Lord, have mercy. If you're on the freeway going 100 miles an hour, as I have in my times past confessing my sins, if you're on the freeway going 100 miles an hour and your tire pressure fails, you got problems. If it's a cold winter day in, in January, in, in the month of January in Atlanta, when, when the snow snake comes out and freezes everything and crawls up places you don't want it to crawl up, when that happens and you come out in the morning and you got to get to work and the air pressure in your tire is down, you got problems. Not all pressure is bad. How about pressure stops the bleeding? If you happen to get cut, hurt, bruised, it's pressure that stops or helps stops the bleeding. How about the pressure of the pressure of the earth pushing down on the coal long enough and hard enough creates diamonds. No diamond has ever been created without eons of pressure. All pressure is not bad. When you build a muscle, and this, this is the exercise, this is the exercise craze. Amen. And how many of you have, have a new exercise routine in the last six months? Be, be, be kind if you were to stand up and I want to I see you. You have a new exercise. For, yes, they're looking slimmer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I just wanted you to know, because I'm, 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 I'm very proud, but I want you to know the number one exercise king trainer in Planet Fitness in all of the United States is sitting right here in our church. Stand up, Christopher Johnson. If I gave him the mic, he could very clearly tell you the process of how you break down the muscle and then rebuild it. It's with pressure. All pressure is not bad. Nobody ever got a physique of us. No one ever obtained a physique like that without some pain and without some pressure. The problem is those of you who want to be buff, but you, but you don't want no pain. Now we got a problem. A friend of mine said, my, my, I think I've told you this before several times. My, my definition of exercise is fill the tub up, then pull the plug and fight the current. That's what I, I promise you, nothing's going to change in your life. Pressure's not always bad. Pressure actually can be great. When, you, when, you under, when you're under pressure, there's some good effects. It makes you focus. Folk, pressure moves you toward the object. Pressure teaches us how to do preparation before time. Reveals, pressure reveals your weakness. Wherever you're weak, pressure will reveal where you have to be strengthened. Do you know what a pressure cooker is? My mama would fix, she would, oh my God, I, I'm looking at it, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. And it had 
two handles, right? And, and he would turn one, he lift that up, and you put inside whatever you're going to put, the, the meat or whatever, vegetables, all the, hello? Oxtails, yes, whatever you're going to put up in there. Help, help me, help me, help me, what else you putting in there? Beef brisket, yes, oh, hallelujah. You, Boston butt, yes, amen. By the way, I just learned recently, it's not about the butt, it's the shoulder, amen. But anyway, you put that in there, and then you, and, and then all the seasonings you want, and then you, 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 you put that, and you lock it in, click, and then this little, little dial on the outside has a needle that tells you how much pressure, and you put it under heat, and that heat and that pressure starts to, Lord have mercy, breaking down that meat. <laughs> <laughs> Seasoning start to seep in through the yes, amen. By the time it's done, when it's done, you, you unlock the you can't you can't by the way, when it's under pressure, you can't take the lid off. Not without injury. You gotta wait till that thing cool off, right? Sounds like what God's got some of y'all in the pressure cooker. Lord have mercy. Tap your neighbor and say, Welcome to the pressure cooker. Pressure pressure is part of life I, I was on the way here this morning I heard something I never heard before he said the difference between pain and pleasure is pressure I said oh my god yeah in fact I, I went to get my feet done you know that's something I was never doing you know I, I wouldn't know no you ain't nobody messing with my feet because I'm ticklish for one thing you know you're messing with my feet I have a lot of men up in here right now that feel just the way you don't, you don't never go get your feet done. And that's why, what's wrong with your marriage right now. You're tearing up your bed sheets. You're tearing up. Because you don't take care of business, amen. Well, I, I was like you at one time, but I, I, I got smart, amen. That's why I've been married 40 plus years. I mean, you might want to take a clue. Anyway, so I went and got my feet done. Lord, have mercy. And, 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 the, and the woman was, she, she has this part when you, when you take the, skin, the excess skin off the bottom of your feet. So she got this little tool, you know, where you, you're scraping a bit. Lord, I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and she looked at me and saw that I was reacting to her shaving my feet. And so she grabbed my feet and she, sque she squoze it. I mean, she squeezed it. And she took that scraper and she said, Shh. And I actually settled down. I said, oh, I'm all right now. You ain't trying to seduce me. You're trying to help me. Y'all don't understand what I'm trying to say. The difference between, mm, the difference between pleasure mm, and pain is pressure. God knows it fixed it into the journey of your life, gave you and I what we needed to, to, to maintain during the squeeze because God takes everybody through the squeeze. Nobody escapes. He's not cruel and he's not sadistic, but God will take you through pressure for a reason. He won't, he won't wall be under you if he removes every form of pressure from your life. You got problems, big problems. It's possible that having no pressure anywhere in your life might be a sign that you might not be worth it. Woo, woo. 
God who is a God who sees the, the end from the beginning is a God who understands exactly what you and I need to become everything he wants us to be. So I'm going to give you one verse of scripture today to take it home with you by, by the grace of God. Use it by the grace of God today. Don't you dare run away from what you're going through. Don't you dare cop out from what it is that God, God Almighty who called you in the beginning knew you were going through this. Don't you dare turn your back on what God's trying to do in your life. When the Lord Jesus, and I'm, I'm not sure if you've ever really considered this, but, but the Lord Jesus, he comes with a mission. His life is not aimless. He's not trying to find himself. He knows who he is, and he knows what he's to do. Can you imagine living your whole life realizing that, that at, the peak of your, at the peak of your maturity, you're going to forfeit your life for everyone? Can you imagine living a life every day of your life? The closer every day the sun comes up, you come closer to the greatest catastrophe the world has ever experienced. Can you imagine not growing up, growing up, not, not realizing that I'm going to be married, I'm going to have children, I'm going to have a career, I'm going to have great times, fun times, I'm going to grow old and, and do so gracefully. Can you, can you imagine growing up all of your life knowing at, at the very peak, at the very peak of your best, you'd be snatched away. And yet Jesus knew, the scriptures describe, from his youth, he knew he was to die. So every instant, every circumstance, every relationship, every day the sun comes up, he realized I'm a little bit closer to my destiny and the sands of time are eking through the glass and I have less and less and less and less. And the lesser the sands of time, the more pressure is upon him to perform because he knows he has destiny. Can you imagine what that must have been like? Speaking with the disciples, watching their very actions and their reactions, dealing with people who didn't believe in his mission. Have you, can, have, you, have you thought about what that would be like for Jesus to walk in the middle of controversy, to start off, everybody saying, yes, yes, and Instagram and, and, and Lord have mercy, and Facebook and Twitter are blowing up with your name. You don't go past that little place where everybody knows your name. <laughs> you, all you got to do is walk in the street, everybody else running after you. There they is. Only to know that this is all going to reverse and what, what now is a blessing to me is going to become a curse to me. And he's there. Because he plot to take his life. And he knows it. And they're shouting profanities at him. And he knows it. And they have murder in their eyes. And he knows it. And, the, and one of your number one persons turns their back on you and betrays you. And he knows it. 
So I want to tell you why blood work is so important. And by the way, if you don't know what your blood pressure is, you need to go get somebody to put that thing around your arm and take your blood pressure. Because that silent thing called pressure inside of you, if it's not regulated right, will take you out of here. Instead, instead, what God wants is you to learn how to handle it so you can become what he wants you to be. And you can stand against any pressure that comes. To do that, the Lord Jesus gave us something precious. So let's look there. Look, look, at, look at your Bibles. Look at the verse. It's chapter 26 of Matthew, verses 39 through 36. It's an amazing passage of scripture because he's already been at the table with his disciples for the last time. All of his work, all of his journey, all of his private and public speaking, all of his relationships and Jesus' relationships with the families of his 12, all of that is on the line. All the people that railed against him and those that were with him. And it comes down to this last meal. And we've rehearsed this meal again and again when he sits at the table with the 12 and he eats this last, in fact, some of the theologians call this the last supper. It's actually not quite appropriate because it's not the last. It's actually the last of the end and the beginning of suppers we will have forever, amen. But as it were, they finished that meal and he needs to pray. Verse 20, verse 39 says, and he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and he prayed, here's what he prayed. Father, if it's possible, you need to understand Jesus is the one who said all things are possible. And yet he prays to his father. What would make a man pray this kind of prayer? A man who knows the one to whom he's praying. And when he went a little while, he fell on his face. Look at your neighbor and say, Have you, when's the last time you were under such pressure that you fell on your face? I think Jesus is actually giving us what to do. Knowing that we too, we also would come under pressure. The Bible says he fell on his face. Are you with me, saints? And he said, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet, not as I will. It's amazing that he uses the terminology, let this cup pass from me. He gets this prayer from the Old Testament. There is a cup in heaven that fills up all of the, of the debauchery, the sin, the filth that men, mankind has ever committed. There is a record in heaven of every lie, every murder, every extortion, every abandonment, every divorce fills up every lie, every extortion. That cup of heaven is filled up with all the sins and the sins equate a measure of God's wrath. And the cup is filled up not only with the sins, but all that sins ever do, all the refuge, refuse, all the filth and stench that sin creates. And the punishment, the due punishment for it is in the cup. The prophets prophesy about it. 
they talk prophesy about the side of God that we don't want to talk about. That judgment side, that righteous indignation side, that holy side, that part of God that absolutely will bring judgment on every sin. Whoo. We don't want to hear about that God. Jesus was praying to that God and called him as it is and as it was and as it forever will be, Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. It's not the cup of the new covenant. It's not the cup of blessing. It's the cup of cursing. It's the poured out judgment on the world for everything that men have done closed their eyes and thought that God has never seen that cup. It's worse than the bedside pan when there were no outhouses. I want you to understand. That cup is worse, worse than a spittoon that's by the desk. That cup is worse than the garbage that's rotted and everything that comes with it. Jesus said, now Father, if I drink this cup, and maybe there could be another way that I don't have to drink it. In Revelations, it says something about God that's revealing. Father, he who requires blood did you not know? For every bit of innocent blood, God requires blood to be spilled. For every police murder, God requires blood to be spilled. For every secret stabbing, poisoning, choking, sh shooting, dismembering that's ever happened to any human being, God the Father requires blood. Not only does he require blood, he has the power to get that blood. This is the God that said, what's wrong with you? Hey, what's wrong with you, Cain? Where is your brother Abel? Ah, I'm not responsible for him. Then why do I hear his blood crying out from the earth? For every abortion, for every bit of baby's blood that was shed, God the Father requires blood. That's the cup I'm talking about. Every bit of punishment that a righteous, holy God, for if he is righteous, that means he, has, he must have righteous judgment. For every evil thing, God Almighty must, must, out of his nature, he must bring judgment to it. That is why he's called righteous and just. The Bible says righteousness and justice are, at, are, the, are, are, are the foundation of his throne. For every innocent person that was accused and got thrown in jail and locked up for the wrong reasons and raped in prison and killed in prison, God the Father requires blood. When Jesus said, Father, uh, Father, if, there's, if it's possible, any other way to have this cup pass from me. 
it is, it is the picture that we come under. It is, the, it is the most extreme pressure you could ever experience because the Bible says while he was in the garden, he sweat drops as of blood. Scientists know that when you come under a certain level of pressure, that you can, that the very capillaries and the sweat glands, that, that it, sweat, uh, blood will leak into the, into the sweat glands. And when you sweat, actually the blood will come out of your pores. It's actually possible, but only under extreme, the most extreme pressure. And Jesus is, is in the garden alone, wishing somebody could be with him, at least the top three. But they are so, they, they, here's how they handle pressure. Like a lot of us, that's how we handle pressure. We just go to sleep. Some of y'all can't get to sleep, so you take a little something, something, something to help you go to sleep. Running away from the pressure. So when Jesus prays his prayer, he prays it with the utmost passion and sincerity. And then he changes in one instant, if it be possible, in the same way many of us will question God, Lord, why do I have to go through this? Why am I going through what I'm going through? Did I do something wrong? Why can't it be more easy? How do you maintain love for a God that allows you to go through such? It causes you to, to doubt the integrity of Almighty God and make you feel like God does not care. I want to tell you, my friend, it is so much the opposite. For if Father God would allow his son to go through, Lord have mercy, then what about you? Almost done. And Jesus prays that prayer. The cup, let it pass. Then he says, but Father, not my will, but your will. And then you notice the disciples in verse 40, they came to him and found them sleeping because they couldn't stand the pressure. You couldn't keep watching me even an hour. Keep watching, then Jesus said, keep watching, keep praying. Check it out. That you may not enter into temptation because what why come on talk to me why because but the and he went away again look at verse 42 I had to read it over and over again and he went away again and prayed the same thing I wanted you to hear this because God's going to relieve you in a moment if you hear and believe. Jesus already made a decision when he said, yes, Father, in the eternal council, when the word became flesh, they already had the conversation. They already knew what it was going to take to make everything right. And Jesus gets in the moment and he's under it. And he's realizing in flesh, living in a, a temple that God gave him, that he's got to drink the dregs of all of the punishment from now until the end of every sin. And he has to drink it to the fact that it resolves the father's 
in righteous indignation. When he said drink this cup means whatever they did, however they did it, however long they did it, and however long the punishment would be, I will take it on myself. Whatever they choose to do to me, Father, I'll let them do this to me. Because if they take the punishment that they rightfully do, they will be no more. So Jesus says, not even one hour, so he goes away and he returns again, right? Do that next verse, Ken, if you would. So he says, he says in verse 42, read it. What does it say? What does it say? He said, what? Oh, the second time, say what? Do the next verse, Kenny. Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Jesus is trying to give us something here today. Again, he came and found them. What? Because most people are not prepared to deal with depression. It marks the characteristic of this present generation that's not willing to take anything. This generation who comes up with all kinds and manners of ways of escaping from underneath the pressure. That's why so many songs are being created about living under the pressure. And Jesus said he came and found them sleeping with their eyes, for their eyes were what heavy. Look at the next, look at 44. Check this out, saints. Check this out. And he what? And did what? Can you imagine that? Three things, three times. Why would he pray for you? Because he knows what's about to happen to him. And one of the worst things that's about to happen to him that even the angels could not conceive is that the father would be separate from the son, that the father would have to turn his back on his son. When his son fully became identified with all of the sins, past, present, and future. Hmm. I want to, I want to, I want to, I, I need your help. I want you to think about this because many of you, Lord help me, forgive me the way I use this language. Many of you, you punked out. You just punked out. You forgot what was paid for you. You forgot how precious you are. You forgot what you mean to God. You have refused to become everything he wants you to become because you don't like God's pressure cooker. You don't like the way God's treating you. And you don't say it, but you act it out. You run away, you hide, you don't show up. You turn your phone off. You stop certain people from, from talking to you. You forgot that God already been there for you. And when he prays, by, by the time he prays three times, he prays the same way. But not, come on, but what? Yeah. 
Come on, say it. But not my, but what? Yours be done. I come to you this morning and tell you that God Almighty has given you something to help you through times of pressure. He's given you something to help you to maintain. He's given you something to help you endure. Because you've forgotten something from the scripture. That even Jesus gave this, that even Jesus himself gave this before he went to the garden. Before he bled in the garden for everybody who ever turned their back on you, everyone who's ever betrayed you, everyone that didn't measure up to their responsibilities for you, instead of you playing, oh, woe is me, instead of you poor mouth in the situation, Instead of you acting like somebody owe you something. And so you don't ever measure up because you're too busy hiding, running, peeping, copping out. Instead of getting a hold of the reason why God got a hold of you. And Jesus prays, Father, not my will, but yours be done. Father, whatever you want to take me through, to get to where you want me to be, I will do it. The power to be able to stay in there, the power to manage under pressure is available to you and I from the garden. Blood would leak out of his, his capillaries for you. Maybe you should take that blood that was created in pressure and apply it to your own heart. So Father, I, I receive what Jesus did for me and now that I'm going through what I'm going through, I thank you that this will stabilize me and I can say, Lord, I, I wish I didn't have to go through this. But nevertheless, your will be done. Jesus mentioned it in the parables. I end with this. He mentioned it in the parables. When he gave you an illustration of what the kingdom of, of heaven's like. It's an amazing, short, powerful passage. And Jesus says something that just blew my mind and here's the way he says it Matthew 13 45 and 46 and again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking underline it highlight it fine pearls there are a lot of pearls he said I don't want just any old I want something fine I want something extravagant I want something precious I want something priceless. In fact, in the next verse, this is what he says. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and he purchased it. Oh my God. So maybe you just don't understand what it takes to make a pearl. So stand on your feet, since most of you know already since you said it. 
because I want you to respond to God today and I don't want you giving God any more excuses I don't want you running away from what the hand of God is doing in your life because the truth is had Jesus who had the power decided not to do it you and I wouldn't be here today you know what it takes to make a pearl Ooh, you better believe it. I won't, I, you, know, you know what causes the pressure? Irritation. Raise your hand if you've just been irritated. Look around, see who's standing next to you. Just make you want to cuss. I mean, do a good old old school, old man piece of low down, showing enough cussing. Only problem is when you get through cussing, it ain't going to help the situation. It's still going to be there. In fact, it'd probably be worse. A piece of foreign object gets inside the hard shell of an oyster or some other kind of crustacean, gets inside, and, and in, in order to deal with that irritation, there is secreted, there's secreted a liquid that covers it and covers it and covers it and layer upon layer of learning how to live in your discomfort situation. Learning how to be still when it hurts. Learning how not to run away when it's painful. One of my sisters came to me. One of my, my, she is a sister in the Lord. I'm responsible for her, so I'm a pastor. So one of my sheep came to me talking about what she wanted to do. And she said, I'm just so sick of this situation. And she laid it all out, had a plan. And the Holy Spirit said to me, why is she running away? and farting or forfeiting the work I'm doing in her while she's there. I said, oh God, I'm gonna tell her. He said, just tell her. And I told her, ooh, the last thing she wanted to hear from a bishop, last thing she wanted to hear from my mouth, this is too soon, stay there under that hellish situation. Don't you dare move. Because what God is working in you is worth more than your weight in gold. What God is doing inside of you is worth, is worth it. Pressure, tell your neighbor, pressure is not forever. It just feel like it at the moment. And Jesus said, I'm going to tell you what the kingdom is like. The kingdom is like a pearl. So really, the, the real deal is you, 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 my friend, are that priceless pearl that God has placed all more. Listen, you're so priceless until all of creation does not outweigh your value. You are the pearl of great price. When God said, I want that pearl, he said, I'm willing to bankrupt. I'm willing to sell everything I have that I might buy it. And it cost God to get you. It cost God to get a hold of your life. But just because you're in his hand don't mean he's done with you. Tap your neighbor and say, he ain't done with you. In fact, you know, the Lord said, he said, he said, when I take them in my hand, no man takes them out of my hand. But what you don't understand is that hand, like an oyster, starts squeezing you because you're not everything he wants you to be yet. 
Today, I want you to repent. I want you to change your mind. I want you to apply blood, that substance that is life. Life is in the blood. The health of the body is the health of the blood. And when your blood pressure is up and it's not regulated, you're not healthy. God knows exactly how much to apply to your life. And he's not going to stop until he gets what he wants. You got to make up your mind. I'm not running. I'm not cowering. I'm not doping. Come on, talk to me. I'm not smoking. I'm not screwing. And I'm not chewing. And I'm not running with those that are doing. Tell God does in me what needs to be done. Lift your hands to the Father right there where you stand. Lord, is there, if there's any other way for me, let this cup pass. But not my will, but yours be done. It is the potter saying, it is the, the pot saying to the potter, do with me what you want. I am not my own. I was bought with a price. I want to glorify you in my body. Not my will. Yours be done. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Tell your neighbor, say amen.